Good evening, everybody. My name is Rana Ayub. I'm the Global Opinions Writer at the Washington Post. And here on my Substack, I produce reports, podcasts, and investigative reports from journalists, independent journalists who otherwise are unable to publish their reports in other places for fear of censorship. On my platform here on Substack, I make sure that there are no gatekeepers trying to censor the unpopular truth. And of course, we all know that speaking the unpopular truth, speaking a truth that is unpalatable to the people of this country, to those who have these majoritarian attitudes, those who do not just see me as a critic of Modi, or but also as a Muslim, um, it's not palatable and there are consequences which none of us should bear. They say there is a cardinal rule in journalism that a journalist should not be the story and journalists should not talk about themselves. And it is quite embarrassing when I have to make myself the story, but in absence of no help from the institutions that are meant to protect me for the truth that I speak, in the absence of the mainstream media not speaking about the concerted attacks on me, I know that at this point of time, my speaking for my own self is not an exercise in vanity. It is a sincere attempt to get your attention, the reader's attention to a problem that's plaguing this country, a problem of a, the problem of a virtual lynch mob that will stop at nothing, absolutely nothing. This past one week has uh, particularly been very debilitating for my mental health. Uh, I've been battling with insomnia and anxiety. The last one week, you know, there are these right-wing websites like Op India, Creately, and these are these are propaganda websites. And every second day, they have a story about me, my family member, other journalists critical of the government where they do head jobs. And then what happens? There are people who consume that. And then we, the journalists who speak truth to power, are made the enemies of the state. And how do these people, these brainwashed people who, who hear all these propaganda, how do they react? In an ideal world, they should have re- they can react in a civil manner. But something very rotten is happening not just in social media, but in real life where we are meeting people. So this last one week, a, a, a right-wing website on, on Instagram and Twitter posted my picture with the most obnoxious things said about me. And uh, I ignored it because, and it's not that I am ignoring it because I'm scared. I'm, ign- I'm ignoring it because it's exhausting to keep reporting, to keep, to keep appearing at police stations, to keep recording your statements, to keep identifying handles and working on it and sending reminders to police station only to receive a letter from those cops a year later that your case has been closed. I can't tell you the number of times I have appeared before the magistrate. In the year 2018, the first time I really got a taste of how vengeful the right-wing propagandists and those who claim allegiance to the government can get. They morphed my image on a porn video and they circulated it all over the country. By the time the forensics were done, it was very clear that it was a deep fake. But this, we are living in a world where 
social media whatsapp instagram are ways where fake news spreads like wildfire but the real news gets lost in the din of propaganda same in my case by the time i said out that it was a deep fake i was made a free for all a virtual lynch mob molested me in public i went to delhi police they said this is not our jurisdiction and my lawyer vrinda grover was there with me she said we will file a zero fir i mean i received those threats and that video was shared that porn video with my image morphed on it was shared by almost every facebook fan page of bjp leaders when ndtv did a show on this the bjp spokesperson said and he's and you won't believe this but this episode is out there and you can see it he said if you get out in the rain you should be willing to get wet and drenched that was his justification for the porn video they where they morphed my image on it the next day i received at least 20000 instagram post dms messages on my facebook my number was doxed my uh, my my number and my address was put on social media a mock tweet was created that said i hate india and i hate indians and i i don't know how i lived through those 3 days i felt that i was a free for all i wrote a piece in the new york times um which went viral and six special un special reporters wrote to the indian government and guess what nothing happened the delhi police kept uh, magistrate recorded my statement and she was very considerate uh there were times i just choked because she asked me to see the video and you know describe it and she asked me to read out a few messages and how did i come to know about them um when i came out i i mean 10 days later i sent a reminder to delhi police and then i kept writing to them i heard nothing i gave i sat at the cyber crime in delhi i gave them links i gave them all the evidences that were there over the years including that particular case of bjp leaders who shared that porn video two years later that case case was shut down despite all evidence been given to the delhi police in maharashtra in 2013 uh, i was offered a license for a revolver in absence of the police being unable to do anything in the case when gauri lankesh died i got frantic calls from cops saying ma'am we want to check your security so a cop came home a top cop came home and he said you know gauri lankesh has been murdered she translated your book in the tamil language so we feel that you are under threat so um we would like do you you do have the option of having Uh, a police constable at your doorstep and i was like okay and then a day later i was told that i'll have to pay that person's salary now for an independent journalist right who is not employed in india who works with the washington post who lives with her family to pay for as a a security provided by the police so that was of course unacceptable but till today there is not a single person um an oxford study recently concluded that the 8.5 million tweets directed at me um were all concerted and they were all abusive and the common words in all those 8.5 million tweets directed at me were jihadi islamic slut sex slave 
pedophile, God knows what. Every day is a test for me. Every day when I wake up right now, as I am recording this, I went on my Instagram. So the thing, uh, three, four days ago, I had put out these rape threats that a guy whose Instagram handle I've put out on Twitter, he has been telling me every month he sends me a message telling me exactly with precision, clinical precision about how will he will go about raping me and filming me and how he will insert a rod in my vagina and how he will cut my breast into pieces and how he will cut my nose and how he will cut my tongue. And once I have been raped, he says, like Bilkis Bano, he will kill me like Gauri Lankesh. After this, there were at least three handles by BJP uh, affiliates, three handles with with following of at least 100,000 on Twitter and, and 100,000 on Instagram. They picked up a picture of mine uh, from a vacation. They picked up a picture of my niece um, and said how um, an Islamic jihadist with her progeny um, she looks the same age as Aisha, Prophet Muhammad's mother. So has she already tasted sexual? <sighs> My niece is 13. My nephew Zulfikar's image is morphed with Osama bin Laden. Um, I filed this complaint. Um, as somebody from Mumbai Cybercrime called and said, do you want to give us the details? I said, sure. Next day, I put out this man's tweets because he was getting dangerous by the day. I put out the tweet. This guy who has who's been sending me the threats on Instagram, he said, I had to block him. And when I blocked him, he formed two more accounts to threaten me. And there is another Instagram account which is affiliated with the BJP. Those people are using my image where they've morphed my image with a niqab, a hijab. And um, so I blocked it. So ever since I've blocked that Instagram handle, my Instagram inbox is full of messages saying, they start the message with the R word, Randi. Sorry, I have to say it because every message for me starts with that word. Why did you block our brother? I can't even begin to tell you the kind of hate that I have had to face over the years. I have received burnt copies of my book, Gujarat Files, with blood splattered all over it. I have been at a new studio in Bombay where I get a message while I'm in the middle of recording a new show. It was a, it was a live show, uh, it was a 9pm show. And somebody said, oh, you are at Lower Parel. We, we know you are in the new studio. Come down, we are waiting for you. Honestly, any normal person, any sane person with a heart will get anxiety attacks, will leave the country, will just go anywhere. But this time, a red line has been crossed with the way my nieces and nephews and their images are being picked up from social media. And they are being called sluts and prostitutes. My, my niece is being sexualized. I mean, all this while, they're not yet content with sexualizing me. They now want to do that with my family. Why do they do this? They want to silence me. I just called a friend of mine. She's a cop. And I said, you know, these guys have been emboldened ever since I shared uh, the tweet 
the Instagram post on Twitter, you know, where, uh, where they are uh, harassing me. And she said, you have to learn to ignore. And I'm like, is this the choice that we give to women? Here is a country, here is a government that came to a power in 2014 on the promise of protecting women. Here is a country where everybody stood out in, in Delhi with a candle in their light in their hands, angry, angry at the way women are being targeted. So do you want women to be gang raped and killed for you to outrage? I don't understand this. And when I posted on Twitter the Instagram messages that I was getting from this particular handle, who also wants to tell me where, what his name is, what his address is, which has already been provided to the Mumbai police, Twitter sends me a mail that Mumbai police has asked me to remove the screenshots of the death threats that I am receiving because it violates the Information Technology Act. They have not said a word about the accused who is giving me explicit death and rape threats. But they're asking the victim, hey, you are the accused here. How dare you share it? Where does this leave me? Or, I mean, I've never felt more helpless as a journalist. Because I, I always knew that speaking the truth will have consequences. I always feel like, you know what? You hate my work, criticize my work. Say that, hey, you are wrong. Say that, hey, you're not reporting facts. Say that you're not doing this. Recently, um, a Hindu girl was molested and killed by a boy named Shahrukh. When I, I, I was away, I've been, I've been not in the best of health. So I was away for a day. I did not, I did not know about it. So the, the, my Instagram and my Twitter was full of people saying, oh, she will not react because the girl who was raped, uh, the burnt and killed was a Hindu. When I put a poignant note about that girl asking for justice, I was told that I was trying to please Hindus in India. Damned if I do, damned if I don't. Do you really think they care for justice for women? Do you, justice for Ankita, justice for hundreds of Hindu women, like justice for hundreds of Muslim women. Their only agenda is to spread hate. I can go on and on. I can go on and on demanding justice for Hindu women. And they will say, ah, she's trying to please us. But hey, it's too late. I say something about a Muslim woman. And they'll say, oh, look, she's battling for her community. At the India-Pakistan match last week, when I, when I praised Virat Kohli you know, and, and the Indian team, I was told, oh my God, look at her. Look at the overacting that she's doing on social media while they're cooking biryani at home. And if I and when I tweeted about India's victory, they said, "Poor thing, she is burning inside. She is her heart is burning. The family is crying." What sickness is this? What all pervasive sickness is this? There are publications like Op India. If you if you put my name on Google, the top ten searches will be Op India's propaganda against me. It is a concerted platform. It is a concerted agenda where these websites that owe allegiance to the government, the, the Twitter handles who have been posting the images of my nieces are all followed by the Indian Prime Minister and members of the Indian government. Where is the National Commission of Women which otherwise jumps in politically opportune cases but has stayed consistently silent on this? Who do I expect justice from? Because this Prime Minister apparently wanted to liberate Muslim women 
sir, since you see women from the prism of religion, I'm telling you, I'm a Muslim woman, I'm an opinionated woman, I'm a journalist critical of the regime, not just the NDA regime, but also has been critical of the UPA regime. I have written critical pieces about you. Is this what I deserve? Thank you for listening to me.